0: hello everyone welcome to another episode of the Ismodo podcast and today i have one of my favorite reviewers back (laughs) on the podcast who it is Odie Matthews welcome back to the show
1: thanks for having me happy to be here
0: so i honestly i i mean i do this with uh most people so i would love to imagine that people do not know you can you give <laughs> every one of us of the listeners and the viewers a little bit of a introduction who you are and what you do
1: yeah of course uh so i'm Odie matthews and like you and other bag reviewers you've had on this podcast i have a youtube <gasps> channel uh reviewing bag products edc products branching out a little bit outside of the reviews lately with my channel because i just absolutely recently put up a poll and apparently my audience wants to see more travel and EDC gear that's not bags, clothing, or shoes, or pouches, okay. so okay. branching out even more. Um, But yeah, I've been doing that for, I think this is gonna be my f- fourth year on YouTube. Okay. I think this will be my fourth year. Yeah. I'm really bad with timelines, but yeah, fourth year doing <laughs> that. And then also I am a uh, a freelance video editor, which I just started a couple weeks doing full time. So yeah.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's actually one of my questions that I will have. Um, for we, in this podcast, we usually have two styles. And one style is, and that's what we're doing today, each of us has prepared a couple of questions that we will answer or give each other in turn and try to answer them within 10 minutes. And my first question to you is actually, about your switch, and I would love to ask you, because I went through it, and I would love, but it is already many years ago, and I would love to know from you um what made you decide quitting your, let's say very secure paycheck and day <laughs> job to pursue a completely new career path that is basically your passion right now
1: i I feel like. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's that's my question to you.
1: Uh, that's a good question. Um, it was it was kind of all of a sudden. It was very at the start of 2023. I told my partner, I was like, you know, at the end of this year, it'd be really cool if I could leave my full time job and you know do video editing and stuff. I was like, but that's the end of the year, you know, like that's that's into 2024. We'll we'll wait. And then <laughs> um, we moved out here and. <laughs> When I got out here, I got on the Facebook Marketplace, and I was like, well, it's time to sell a bunch of stuff, because we moved four times in three years, so we had oh, a bunch wow. of stuff. Yeah, we, we moved across the country, back across the country, down the country, and then back across yeah. the country. Um, so, oh, Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, so we accumulated a bunch of stuff we didn't need. So anyways, um, yeah, we ended up, I ended up getting on Facebook Marketplace, and I met this guy who was like, "Yeah." I, me and these four other people, we own like five different sites and companies that need reviews and stuff. So I started working with them, doing like little mini product reviews. And then all of a sudden he called me up and was like, hey, like we need someone to run all of our YouTube channels and do all these like mini documentary videos and all this other stuff. And he's like, do you want to do it? And so uh, I put my two week notice in and was just like, let's, let's just see what happens. Because uh, I also did set myself up with my my job. I was in, I worked for an environmental company, but um, I did set it up with my boss that he was like, yeah. well, if it fails, you can come back anytime. So I do still have a little bit of a security that I don't think a lot of people would get. Cause I was at that company for almost eight years by the time I left. So, but it was, it's a huge change. And I think my first week, uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I was waking up at like 6 AM and trying mm-hmm. to work until like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> And don't recommend that at all. Burned myself out pretty quick. But um, yeah, it was very all of a sudden. It was. I think that guy called me on like a Monday, and then less than three weeks later, I was full time freelance.
0: I mean, it's it's a big step, and uh, I again, I know exactly how it felt. And um, but how did you overcome or talk yourself into? doing this big step because i do know from a lot of people around me that are in a very secure employment uh with a lot of benefits vacation time and uh, and stuff like that how did you talk yourself or convince <laughs> yourself basically to do this very important step for you
1: um <laughs> i it was It was more my partner convincing me it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. I think it came down for me, I could make the same amount of money if I tried hard enough, but mostly it was the mental stress of being able to step away from a job that though I loved, and I I did love it, I worked my way up to being the, I was the West Coast trainer for one of our divisions, which is why I traveled so much. And it was nice and I liked it and it was good, but there was a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, I worked, you know, 12 to 18 hour days, but I was a salary employee. So, you know, not really getting paid for all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think it just really came down to, do I want to keep grinding away at corporate, even though I get, you know, the vacation and the benefits, which is great. Or do I want to do something that makes me happy? And maybe I'll have a little less money in the bank, but at least I know that there'll be a lot less mental stress and a lot less just everything. And I think for me, at the end of the day, that mattered more to me than, the security feeling, because I think, I think now I've got it to where if this does fail, even if I couldn't go back to that job, I would go work at McDonald's if I needed to. You know, that's kind of what I told myself. I was like, if this goes <laughs> bottoms up, I will go work at McDonald's if I have to, but at least I'm giving my ch- myself a chance to follow what I've always wanted to do. And this just felt like a great, you know, this felt like just an opportunity that I needed to take advantage of. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, worst case scenario, walmart mcdonald's whatever i need to do <laughs> so
0: i did work at uh, mcdonald's uh when i was younger what's so I actually it was actually <laughs> I w- fun I
1: yeah <laughs> i worked there when i was in high school it was my first yeah, exactly. ever like real job i was like 15
0: <laughs> i ate so much mcdonald's when i worked there because we yeah. actually got free lunch whenever we had shifts so it wasn't that bad it wasn't healthy no. it, was, it wasn't it wasn't that bad like tried everything on the people, but i feel like nowadays being in the service in the uh, service industry is so rough i, I i've yeah. seen this this um tiktok well not seen the tiktok itself but i saw a commentary channel uh, commenting on this tiktok guy at starbucks like ordering a starbucks drink and then throwing it against the person oh, yeah who, uh, i'm like what the hell and he basically <laughs> knew that nothing would happen to him because the customer's always king right yeah or queen and it's so <laughs> that's really i don't know, i don't get what's in people's heads
1: i've but, seen that yeah. mcdonald's too where they like take yeah. the burger and they threw it up against the wall yeah, yeah. because it did, had like pickles and it wasn't supposed to it's not
0: so, so i feel like nowadays it's much harder back then it was okay but now it's hard i think oh
1: yeah definitely i mean that was like 14 years ago that i worked there so, <laughs> so but, much uh, with easier. me it
0: was even longer <laughs> know, because, uh, with me it was like 22 or 23 years ago i mean <laughs> uh we didn't even have pay by card back then you had to pay cash harder on <laughs> <earned> cash <laughs> to pay <laughs> yeah uh. So yeah, thanks for answering my very first question. That's a good um, question. It's a good
1: question.
0: It's, it's, it's an important question because I feel like nowadays they, there are, not nowadays, I, I think it was all the time that people were kind of stuck in their employment and kind of wish for some freedom, some change, uh, change and following their passion. And I feel like Today, it's much easier to to actually do so. So I feel it is an important question to, or an important topic to cover, actually.
1: Oh, yeah. And I actually made a YouTube video kind of explaining it. And one of the things I made sure to say in there, because you and I have talked about this before, but I made it very clear. I was like, I'm not leaving my full-time job to do YouTube because that I can't make a living off of YouTube, at least not yeah. yet. Or, you know, I don't think you really can until you hit I don't really know, honestly. I, I'd it's have to,
0: difficult. It's definitely yeah. difficult. I think you need to be at least over 100k, and then you That's need what I was to, gonna say. yeah, to really grind those sponsorships and those affiliate links. But even then, it's. I think it's really hard to find a good balance point and um, to and i think that is something that many people underestimate and i think we talked about that before that you it is very easy to lose your view on the um amount of work that you put in and the resulting hourly rate or wage that you become because it is so much fun to do video work for example but suddenly you put in like 50 hours for a project in which you only got like i don't know 400 bucks in the beginning like, yeah 400 bucks for this (laughs) job but then suddenly you work so much that your hourly rate is less than working at starbucks and that happens so quickly when you go freelance uh first and i think that is the most difficult part about doing something that you love you quickly lose sight on how much work you get on how much work you invest and how much money you actually get in the end and to balance that out is really difficult and i think that happens really quickly when you are in this youtube space that even though you have this sponsorship and that and this you put so many hours into it that suddenly it's not that much that you actually are. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's very true. I think I've put, I found myself the other day spending hours on a YouTube video and I was like, this isn't gonna make me any money. I need to table this and actually do some work that I can get paid for. That was the struggle exactly. I found the first week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, good. Qu- it's still a good question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so
0: what's your first question?
1: Well, kind of in that same realm, I was curious, because you've been doing freelance for a while, and I've seen your portfolio. And if anybody's watching this and hasn't seen your portfolio, they should definitely check it out because there's some bangers in there.
0: <laughs> so I was,
1: cu- I was curious, what is the most challenging project that you've had in your freelance career? This is kind of like a two-parter, so I apologize. That's the first half of the question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, so what's like what was the most challenging project that you've, that you've encountered so far that was like, almost to the point where you're like, I don't know if I can, if I'm gonna get this done.
0: Um, it wasn't actually the project itself. It's usually the people that you interact <laughs> with at some point. Um, it's, I'm actually very chill with people and I get along with people very easily, which is actually one of my, my skills, I would say, um, People usually think that the portfolio is the most important part about being a freelancer and it actually, in my humble opinion, isn't. It is the foot in the door, if you will, but it is not what really brings back the customers. You have to imagine that as a freelancer, they, they, specific people will sit with you in a, row, in a room and have to deal with you 24-7 almost and... Interact with you, work with you. And if you are a dick, basically, people <laughs> will work with you, but then they will never hire you again because they don't want to sit with you in a room oh, and yeah. work with you. So you have to kind of be a people person. And that's basically my skill. But the difficult situation that I came across was actually working with a director who had a very clear vision, not necessarily. No, on one hand, on the product that he wanted to make, but also in the way he wanted it to be done. And in a collaborative work, it is important that every person knows his skills and let people work. And he was not very good in letting other people work. So he (laughs) grabbed into my keyboard, he grabbed the mouse from me. And I was basically like, okay, if you do know it better, and I'm just going to sit here or we can discuss this <laughs> where specific boundaries are, because you clearly know what you want. You clearly have the skills to do it yourself. Why do you need me? So I'm totally fine with leaving the job now or we work together. And that was a very difficult situation for me because this has never I've never come into a situation where I had to argue with... And I was actually quite angry because he talked down to me and I was... Mm. Truth to be told, I was in a place (laughs) where I was actually sparring a lot and I was actually in a good physical space. I was really thinking hard about punching that guy in the face. Um, And that was hard. That was really hard because I'm not a violent person. I'm never arguing with a person but at the at that point where someone is talking down to me and it's clearly not giving me the space to also you uh it was shortly before the start of COVID. it was like in the news and people were like oh do we need to keep space and what's going on it was literally the first week of COVID starting so no one was knew what's what was going on and it was always like pestering me on on the desk and grabbing my mouse and stuff we had a clear understanding in the production surrounding that hey we don't know what this is let's keep some space do we have to wear masks? i don't know and so it was very unclear at that point of time Um, yeah and i was Honestly, a little bit stressed because I didn't know what COVID was at that point. Yeah. I just knew, okay, let's keep some space and let's see what's happening. And I thought, that's not right. They shot the whole film. Everyone in the film had a mask on. So, no, we did know that we had to wear a mask and we did know that something was, was going on, but that there wasn't a vaccine yet and there wasn't a lockdown yet. It was a couple oh, it's of still weeks early. Yeah, yeah, it was very early. So, and he kept like moving in and arguing and wanting to do everything himself. And he was like, "Bo, why don't you do it like this? Do it like that? Do it this way? Do that?" And I was like, "Dude, Ooh. just do it yourself, then." And I was really, yeah. angry. I was really mad about that. Um, yeah, that was the hardest situation that wow. I ha- have ever um, had in my time as. A freelancer and working in the film industry actually so yeah that was How interesting that was rough.
1: yeah so not the not the project itself but the no. the guy in charge of the project yeah yeah that's actually
0: yeah. projects for me personally projects are never difficult to a degree that i'm kind of lost because i'm very clear about what i can do and i'm very open and transparent telling my clients, okay, this is my skill set. I've seen in your storyboard or in your concept that you want this or that. I can't do that. I'm very mm-hmm. honest and very clear about what I can do and what I can't do. Because I'm not, I'm not a big fan of fake it till you make it because that <laughs> will get people in trouble. Um, yeah. And so I'm, from my experience... My clients and the people are very impressed, actually, that I'm so honest, that I'm clearly saying, hey, I'm not going to take this job. A different person is much better suited for that. And they respect that, and they are very happy about the honesty and then are very happy to come back to me. So because I'm very transparent about what I can do, I'm not stressed at the job because I already know in the beginning, okay, this is something I can do because I told them what I can do. So I'm never stressed about the project itself, actually.
1: Okay, makes sense. I guess (laughs) I'm still very much a a fake-it-till-you-make-it person, or at least I was at my my regular job. (laughs) In the beginning, it is is
0: totally fair enough. Yeah, you can do it.
1: Well, I found my approach right now is underselling my price point for projects that maybe I wouldn't normally do. Just kind of seeing, Mm -hmm. and these are people that I, like clients that I know really well. So I'm like, you know, I can try it. And if it doesn't work out, we'll just call it even kind of thing. You know, taking things mm-hmm. on on a trial basis, I guess, is mm-hmm. my approach in the beginning. But that's interesting because, well, I guess the second part of my question was going to be, was there any, like, uh, what was the aftermath of that? And I guess since you said it was the person that you worked with, mm-hmm. my question, I would rephrase it to be, you know, did you ever work, did you ever working with that person again? Or no. I mean, what, did, was he happy with the final result? <laughs> he, uh,
0: as far as I can tell, he was happy with the result. Um, but we, we cleared the air actually. And in the, in the middle one, uh, um almost to the end of the job, we cleared the air a little bit. But from my side i will never work with that person again i've i've heard i've heard from other people that he is considering working with me again but i (laughs) will not work with him again um so yeah that's that's just the aftermath from my point of view actually so (laughs) and going back to what you said about fake it till you make it i'm i'm not opposed to it but i'm i would kind of rephrase it a little bit i think if you set the expectations right with everyone involved it is okay i'm not a fan of saying like of course i can do a drone for instance of course i can do a drone shot and in mind you are like i've never flown a drone (laughs) before (laughs) that that will have a terrible outcome for the client and i'm rather in the mindset of Telling the client, okay i can I can can do this and this, but let's elevate it, let's try this and cl- try to add that. It doesn't set the expectation that you will actually do it, but it sets kind of the hope for more, but if it doesn't work out, it's not like a total catastrophe in the end, you know um, I think that's important. I think um st- Making the expectations for something better is good, but not creating a false sense of hope for something that you clearly can't deliver. You know? Oh,
1: yeah. I think that for me with the fake it you make it, that was definitely more of my actual job. In the freelance world, I would agree with you. I'd rephrase it. I know my limitations, but if it's something that I think I could potentially do, then I might, you know, I might be like, well, I can try it. But exactly. yeah, if somebody, if somebody was like, here's an FPV drone and this is the shot I want, I'd be yeah. like, I've never <laughs> flown an FPV drone in my life. So yeah, exactly. definitely agree with you on that one.
0: Yeah, but there is, unfortunately, there are a lot of people now. Now, I th- I think it's, I shouldn't generalize this because fake it till you make it works in some cases, but in other cases, it's it's terrible. Um <laughs> Yeah. So it depends. It's not always bad, but
1: I would agree. Yeah. I think that when you get to your level though, I'm gonna put you up on a little bit of a pedestal for a second. I think that <laughs> like when you've been doing it as long as you though, I don't mm. you don't have to fake it. Cause I think, like you said, you know what you're good at, you know what you're not good at, and you you know. So at that point, you know, you know what you're gonna take and what you're not mm. gonna take. Whereas yeah. I think people that might be in my boat starting out, we're still trying to figure out what we're good at. You know, what's mm. what's my niche? What's gonna be my signature kind of but, thing?
0: Yeah, I think for me personally, this fake it till you make it um world perspective or this this mentality of fake it till you make it in our current state of content creation, people in the creative space. I think it is a very fresh approach for some clients because I've noticed that people were taking a little bit, They it, it surprised them that I was so honest because I'm, I had this a couple of times where the client came in with this really big job and it was clearly not my, my forte. I couldn't do that. And they were like, wow, they were really surprised that I told them, I can't do it. I have a different person who could do it, go to that person. Or I, I, That's not what I do or what I'm good at. I would, I would highly recommend to go someone else. They were so surprised that they actually, in one case, they were s- surprised and um, happy that I said that, that they came back. And in the other case, they actually said like, okay, let's try to change then and still wanted to work with me. And that was really cool. So I feel like in our society today, it is actually very beneficial to be very clear and honest about your limitations and your strength. Um, Because everyone is telling you about their strength, no matter if it's real or not, but no one is telling you what they can't do. So as soon as you tell someone really clear, I can't do that. Or I mean, it's, it's like me. I'm, Five five. If I would be like, Yeah, of course I can dunk, no one would believe me. But if if I would be clear, hey, we could play one on one basketball, but you would clearly win. <laughs> we could try, but I can't do it. I think that was would be much more refreshing, I think. Oh, um, yeah it would end up in me getting a drink with that person and having a good time instead of like battling it out on the basketball field and I'm clearly having no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> Oh yeah. Be right there with so, you. So next question that I yeah. have for you is um getting a little bit back to what we usually do, that is oh, yeah. bags. So <laughs> I would love to know from you. And um I feel like it is a good time to ask you that because the world is opening up. You have tested a lot of bags and things either in terms of reviewing but also going back on the road and my question to you is um what's your current favorite style to pack clamshell versus top loading for instance Mm. modular versus using all of the slots and compartments carry-on or check-in so what's your current style
1: at the moment Ah, that that is a good question especially since up until a couple weeks ago i was traveling Nonstop this year so i've already oh man okay so definitely not check-in that is still and will always be my least favorite thing to do unless like if my partner and i travel like back home not my home but like visit in-laws or something then maybe we'll do like a check bag for both of our clothing but if i have mm-hmm. it my way i refuse to check a bag unless i absolutely have to it's still my mm-hmm. least favorite thing to do i think Okay. So the reason this is a hard question for me is because right now my current favorite bag is the ATD2 from Attitude Supply. I fell so Mm. madly in love with that bag from testing it and using it. And their large packing cube fits in there perfectly and it fits the perfect amount. It's just, I love that bag so much. So that's got clamshell and top loading. Yeah, But I think my my go to would be clamshell because my second favorite travel bag is the Manal Carry On 3.0. Manal, oh, okay. I don't know what it is about the Manal bags, maybe because they're one of the first ones that I tested out back in the day, mm. but the Manal bags, the Carry On and the Daily are still two of my, like, still a powerhouse combo in my yeah. opinion. Yeah,
0: Especially cool, yeah. when
1: the Manal packing cubes are, and I this is a phrase that I love to say on my channel, but whenever I'm talking about like packing, and anytime like one bag travel is brought up, the first thing I always tell people is if you really wanna do one bag travel, you gotta get a bag and packing cubes that make you bring less. And I think the Manal bag <laughs> is perfect at that because those packing yeah. cubes are tiny. But I think clamshell would be my preferred. I like the 30 to 35 liter range. I think okay. 40 liters is too big and then less than 30 liters. I mean, you're liters. quite tall, right? I'm 5'8", so I'm not that much taller than you. 5'8",
0: how tall is
1: that? Yeah, I'm 5'8", about 170 <clears throat> pounds. I'm a little five bit shorter.
0: Eight in... Oh, I thought you were much taller. <laughs> I wish.
1: <laughs> oh, no, that's another reason why I went with the ATD2 instead of the 1, because, again, those smaller frame bags I personally like. So wow,
0: yeah, and all of your videos here yeah, <laughs> appear like you're yeah, really much. I thought you were like no,
1: nah. <laughs> I don't
0: know, two, two meters or something, or 180 or so. I wish. Oh wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. No, so um because of that reason, yeah. I think so. I think yeah, Clam Hmm. I think my second favorite is roll top for sure. I do like a mm. lot of roll top bags, but I think ATD 2 would be my first choice, which is expensive, but worth it. And then the Manal Carry-On. And then I like one of my favorite bags that I think is still something that I really love to use. And it's 40 liters, but the Wandered Hexad Access Duffel, the one that has like Mm. the two compartments. Been a big fan of that bag because if you travel, I'm sure you bring camera gear with you as well. And the way that bag is lined up is, is nice for that. That's just, just such a good question. I could talk about this for hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's kind of what I'm going towards now. And then I personally don't use a lot of the organization on the bags. Yeah. I'll, I'll test it out and see what it's like. And then in my review, I'll either mention it or I'll pack it out in what it could be used for. Mm-hmm. But I have been and always will be a pouch fan. Big fan of using pouches Same. for pr- pretty much everything because it's just yeah. so much easier. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's kind of where I'm at with with my travel is thirty liter bag. I use packing cubes and pouches, and then yeah, just carry on all day long.
0: What's day long. Uh, besides the the ATD two? What's your other favorite bag at the moment?
1: Um, okay, I think. Top three right now would be ATD2, because it's just, again, it's such a good bag. I'm glad I reached mm. out to you about that, because, and the people I <laughs> talked to, I talked to, I think her name was Michelle, over at Attitude Supply. Just nice yeah. people over there, too.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Then probably the Manol, and then honestly, I think the Mission Workshop Rake. I don't know what mm, it is yeah. about that bag, but yeah, I have the wax canvas version. It's, yeah. Those yeah. are probably my three favorites right now.
0: But that one, but that one has a lot of organization, right? So you don't utilize those those outer uh, pockets.
1: Yeah, on that one, I do. That's one, of, but I feel like the organization on that is very minimal. But mm-hmm. yeah, on the Mission Workshop, I do a little bit. But I think because like I'm looking at, I have my Provoke from Wandered, mm-hmm. which is the first bag I ever bought. It's up above my office. Yeah, I'm looking at that one, and I'm thinking about like some of the ones from Able Carry. And some of the ones from like Peak Design that I've used. And I'm like, yeah, I just the organization on those, I've just not, a, it's never it's been too something much. I've really, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and that's kind of, and I feel like, uh, is it air? I think it's the air bags that do this or the Tortuga bags where like the front panel is just wall to wall organization. And I'm just <clears throat> like, that's too much. It's overwhelming how many slots. And that's yeah, my other yeah. thing about the ATD 2 four pin slots. How many pins are people bringing with yeah. them? That's the one thing that threw me off about that bag. That's I was a like, lot, yeah. why, Agree. why so many? But yeah. Well, I, I, this isn't my question, but what are your three favorites right now? I've just, I gotta uh, know. It's,
0: it's it's really difficult, actually. <laughs> uh, I think um, I still like the, I'm looking over there, the uh, Evergoods PLC20. I like that still a lot.
1: I haven't tried that uh, one yet. Yeah, I that's, get my that's hands on it. a
0: really good one i think that that could be an all-time favorite because it is simple but good looking in a way Mm -hmm. but not too boring um the wanted provoke
1: yes big fan of the wanted provoke
0: um i think the
1: Oh okay, yeah, mm, you're looking around because, your room like I was too, yeah, so yeah. like looking at the bags all think, around. Like which
0: one? <laughs> I, w- I would say because that has the most miles on it. It's also still the North Face Basecamp Duffel mm. because I use that a lot for traveling, for going to the gym and stuff like that. Um, the Able Carry Max is some Ooh. bag that I would l- like to use. I haven't used it yet. Oh really? And yeah, I- I've done a quick look. I got it right during COVID, oh. so I still haven't traveled yet. Um, I'm still—I mean, we don't have a lockdown yet, uh, lockdown anymore—and we, st- I started going out and stuff like that, but I haven't traveled, so I've didn't haven't had any chance to to actually utilize it as the bag that it's supposed to be, which is a carry-on bag. Yeah. Um. So. Also, even if I would have um, decided to go flying again, we had a lot of strikes at the moment at the airport. Mm. So people were kind of losing their bags or <laughs> not actually taking off. So actually, if I would want to go through that kind of stress, I probably would just go carry-on only and then would use the Able Carry Max, actually. It's a good one. And that, yeah, it's, it's such a shame. I have so many carry-on bags that I received, and I just can't tr- test them as yeah. carry on bags because I haven't traveled at all. But I want to travel uh, soon. But now that I think of it, <coughs> excuse me, now that I think of it, I won't do one bag travel because I want to go to a Muay Thai camp. So I have to carry a check in mm-hmm. bag, which, which, which will be the North Face Base Camp bag. Yeah, but I, I think I would still go with the carry-on, uh able carry. Use the able carry as a carry-on and then check in the north face Base camp duffel. I probably would go with that. Yeah.
1: If I if I do check a bag, I have it's like the only it's the only check-in bag I've ever really reviewed, but level eight, I think we've talked about level I, eight. Yeah. yeah. I, have, I, have uh, I have
0: the carry-on version.
1: That's that's the one yeah. I have the carry-on and then I have like the really big boy. And whenever mm-hmm. I did travel for work, I would use the big boy. But, and also, I'm gonna change my answer. I'm gonna move the Mission Workshop out. I just remembered, I looked over. I like the Pack Travel Backpack. That one is a bag that I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. There are a lot of people that are fan of it. But I, I'm not sure if I, I like it. But I'm not sure if that bag would actually land in my top 10, if I'm quite honest. Really? Not the yeah. not the
1: duffel, the actual backpack.
0: Yeah, but that's the reason why. Because the duffel exists. I, th- mm. I, I, pref- I think the duffel was amazing. And I really liked it the is duffel. Good. And because the bag kind of felt like, okay, let's create the backpack version of the duffel, I didn't it didn't feel like they they innovated on their concept. I, I kinda was hoping for I don't know something I,
1: different it, like a little more yeah yeah I can understand it, I mean, that.
0: I, yeah but i can also understand them for creating it that way because right from a from a business standpoint and from a risk taking standpoint i wouldn't create something totally different because i would know if the duffel is so successful um i i would know that the um backpack shouldn't like be completely different because yeah. the fan base the consumer base wouldn't like it so i understand that but from me from someone who has reviewed so many bags i was <laughs> hoping for something more yeah. in a way so i would go with the duffel over the um, backpack actually see
1: i'm not a big <clears throat> fan of duffels for travel i actually Same. don't use Same. them yeah okay so because because there's a company I that just reached out to me uh, called July. Have you heard of July? That's no. just their name. Literally just the month July is the company's okay. name. They have a a weekender bag, which is a duffel that they're sending me. And I, duffels are something that I use for like car travel. It's yeah. not Same. something that I wanna go around the airport with. So maybe that's why I like that backpack so much because I love the duffel, but I was like, I'll never use it. And then the backpack came out and I was like, nice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I kind of like the duffel because I was using the car a lot um, at that time. And I really liked the, I don't know, it was refreshing.
1: Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> well, my next question for you, yeah. uh, because we've talked about this a lot and I think it's just fun to bring up every time. But we both talked about how we both love movies and how, like, in another life or another timeline, we'd probably have, like, a movie podcast. So my question isn't what are your, like, favorite movies, (sighs) but what are some of the movies or film or TV or anything that you saw in that that realm of, you know, a video film that maybe inspired you or, like, was part of the reason that you wanted to get into film? This is another kind of two-parter question. You know, because we talk about film a lot, and I know you love movies. I love movies, yeah. And you work in film, so was there anything that inspired you or like pushed you towards wanting to work in film and and do editing? And if so, like what what was it? What were they?
0: Um, okay to okay? The first part was favorite movies, and The second part is there a movie that made me go into editing? Right? Yeah. Um, so I start with the second part of the question because. That is actually easy. There were none. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was actually a a big coincidence that I'd gotten in the film industry. And that's the fake it till you make it part. (laughs) I was actually considering to do something with music. Fortunately, that didn't work out because I'm not that good at music and I don't play an instrument, which was this fake it till you make it part. I was like, I can do that somehow. Um, I saw this. I wanted to go to a private university for music, um, but it was so expensive I couldn't afford it. Um, And then I saw this ad and and a magazine for an internship at a production company. I only read production company. And must have skills in Final Cut back then it was final cut 6 i believe and um, some other programs i've never heard before but i knew and that's still the case give me software or some form of electronics i will figure it out really fast um i didn't know what it was it sounded kind of like oh this could be something with music right so i went there I had this um, interview for this internship, and I was like, yeah, of course, I, I know, fine, cut, <laughs> not good, but I can I will learn it. There was this fake it till you make it part, and fortunately, it worked out, and the HR person who, and while I was working there, become became a very good mentor. I think, I believe she knew what I was doing, and I, she was, she knew I was lying, <laughs> but kind of liked me and they hired me and I was an intern and I learned that Final Cut was an editing software and I kind of liked it I had um, access to mini DV cameras back then and I started experimenting with that stuff and then I kind of liked doing this film thing Hmm. so there wasn't actually a movie that actually inspired me to do editing or going or inspired me to do film stuff because it was never in my mind it was more like oh I want to use this I was DJing back then so I was all into using equipment and stuff like that and I was trying to make beats it didn't work out it was terrible (laughs) but I liked working with that kind of software you know and figuring out because back then it wasn't easy to actually attach a keyboard to a computer it was so difficult (laughs) <laughs> difficult and getting a sound card to work it wasn't integrated like that so it was really fun doing so and i always wanted to do something like that and since i couldn't afford college i did i did that and fortunately it worked out really well in terms of favorite movies and i think this oh, there give, me so give me your top three
1: give me your top three because i have my top 3 but they're also tattooed on my body so it's a top, little bit top easier top 3
0: <laughs> overall or top 3 lately
1: let's do top 3 lately cuz i think top 3 overall is that's even harder for hard. me cuz i mean i do yeah. have favorite movies but even these like i love them but they change so
0: top 3 lately um i would say uh, nobody i really I, I i love the story of someone that is underestimated and then kicking ass mm-hmm. I, really, I i i like that so much i it, it always brings a smile to me when and it's the same with john wick i like john wick yes <clears throat> the first part yeah. where they underestimate him and then he's less like kicking ass mm-hmm. i like that story the hero's journey i mean in the 80s i loved like this um no retreat no surrender with uh Mm. john claude van damme where this kid is like i want to learn kickboxing (laughs) so i can defeat john claude van damme so i imagine bruce lee and then he has this hero hero's journey i really like this kind of um storylines so at the moment i would say nobody is really something that's a good one i would yeah, I wouldn't say it's my top three, but it's I would let's say movies that I re-watch a lot lately, and that's nobody. I think I watched it in the last five months, I watched it four times. So every every month once. And I mean, I admit the I think the last time I just left it running and then were on my phone and when there was a fight I was looking up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I am not sure if it, if it counts as watching. Yeah. Um Funny enough, I have this nostalgia um desire. So I watched The Secret to My Success with Michael J. Fox again.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. I've
0: watched that so many times. Um, because that's also some form of hero's journey, right? Moving to so for those of you who don't know, it's a really old movie. Um, Michael J. Fox is from Kansas, and he's like, I'm flying to New York and i want to make it in new york as i'm not really sure some business whatever and he goes to new york and new york is kind of kicking his butt and then he starts as an intern and moves up this this company um and it's really it's a really fun movie and i think it still holds up nowadays um Sorry about that, we had some technical <laughs> difficulties, but we're back. Um, I think my part about Michael J. Fox movie was still recorded, but my third movie, and although I had some time to think about it during these technical difficulties, <laughs> I actually couldn't think of it. I was actually thinking about some Marvel film, and I was saying like Shang-Chi was actually really good, but it wouldn't be in my top three. Um, so, oof um <laughs> i don't know actually it's oh i know something that is really captivating me or exciting me at the moment which is i started rewatching lost oh and yeah i, I have to admit i was very disappointed back then um by the ending of lost and i don't want to spoil it but many people thought about the ending and the way, because you have to know that Lost, the fourth episode, was right during the copywriters', the scriptwriters' strike. So a lot yeah. of parts in the fourth season weren't fleshed out, which affected the whole ending of Lost <clears throat> back then. But I saw a review that said like, okay, if you binge watch it nowadays, it's actually really good. And many of the questions that we believed to be not being answered back then were actually answered. And I have to admit, I'm now at uh, episode three and season four. I have to admit, yeah, many of the questions that I thought weren't answered actually are answered. So it is a really good series and I feel like it deserves... Rewatching it you have to invest a lot of time because each season is at least mm. 22 episodes and each episode is like 40 to 45 minutes long but it is really good <clears throat> and i would highly recommend to re-watch it so yeah that's what i'm watching at the moment at least okay is it in my top three not sure i will uh, have to wait until i see the end but right now i would say season one and two of lost are really good and are have been back then uh rightfully so successful um and i think the hate that it got in the end was deserved back then but nowadays i think (laughs) we can kind of move back a little forgive it it's okay yeah yeah forgive it a little bit so yeah that were my my answers to that okay And my next question to you is um favorite new piece of gear item or whatever that you have gotten within the last i would say six months doesn't have to be bag related doesn't have to be Mm. i don't know no just one favorite piece of item that you bought within Mm. the last six months that you really enjoy Or not even bought, even if if you just got it as a gift or whatever, a review item.
1: Two, but that's good if you have two. I have a lot because the last like four months, I've been doing a big upgrade of all my, not like camera gear, but just Mm -hmm. gear all around. Like I upgraded my, my computer, I upgraded my monitors. But the two things that I got recently that just have made, I'm excited to work because these two things are just so much fun to use. And that's my new nuffy or Nuffie keyboard that I, I mentioned okay, it in yeah, our, I that our WhatsApp. That, yeah. This thing yeah, is yeah. It's my, I, keyboard, yeah. oh, I love typing on it. So that yeah. has made my script writing, my editing, like just being on that keyboard. It's it's enjoyable, yeah. Serotonin. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. then the other thing is, I just got this a couple of weeks ago. I got a, a phone gimbal i got the osmo 6 from dgi because i am oh cool i'm a d i'm a i'm a i'm the type of person that if i find a brand that i really like like apple dgi mm-hmm. like final cut like i'll stick with what i know and what i like which is why yeah. i haven't switched over to like davinci or premiere because i like final yeah. cut it's familiar Good. it works and this osmo 6 it's actually on my i was playing with it last night i do I have the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema because mm-hmm. you know that was your recommendation. Yeah. Phenomenal, yeah. but as I'm sure you run big. into, not yeah, exactly. Can't always can't always haul that giant rig out yeah. to get footage. Yeah. So get that. I've been doing a lot with my phone recently, just kind of um, doing B-roll. Like um, I'm doing a video on some running shoes, so I had my partner mm-hmm. run next to me with the phone gimbal, and that has just been like having a gimbal for my phone has made. A lot of the content that I've been making recently has been, like, uh, user-generated ads for some brands that I work with. Yeah. And so because of that, you know, it's all vertical format for their TikToks and Instagram. So for me, I would rather just film that on my iPhone because it's going to be good quality. It's going to look like it would if somebody was filming a TikTok. And compared to breaking out my black magic and then, you know, setting it up and trying to get the horizontal and the vertical thing right it's just so much easier to use my phone. Gimbal. I get this. So those yeah. two things right now, especially the keyboard. I mean, I'm just, I've never been in love with it. I've always had like the cheap, like $20 keyboards from Walmart yeah. that break after five uses. So this is like the first keyboard I've ever had. That's like it's... premium.
0: <laughs> uh, be warned. It's a, a very deep rabbit hole getting into <laughs> that stuff. Mechanical oh, yeah. keyboards are so enjoyable and it makes yeah. working so much more fun um now, I, yeah i'm i know exactly the first time the feeling of actually working on a mechanical keyboard compared to these chiclet style keyboards that we know from apple computers or mm-hmm. or from even from a pc laptop they were even worse and then moving to a mechanical keyboard is, is so good
1: yeah it's night and day i think, yeah. i don't think if there's anything else I have upgraded quite a bit recently, so there's a lot of gear that I really <laughs> like. Um, I mean, my whole home studio right now is just one giant upgrade, yeah, so. Yeah. But yeah, uh, do you do anything? Like, do you ever, I know you don't have an iPhone, but do you ever grab clips with I, your phone and use them?
0: I do, actually. I splice them in, uh, in in a lot of these videos. Actually, you can, whenever you see a shot of me in the supermarket for instance Mm, it's always my phone my phone or maybe might be an action camera because i'm just
1: something small yeah i'm
0: (laughs) too nervous being with a big camera and it's i feel like if you are living in new york or in la people are much more accustomed to seeing a person filming themselves but in germany it's still it's not common you get uh, people look at you really weird. And so I am actually thinking of getting a phone gimbal. And um, I was actually considering the DJI, but I was very impressed by the one from Insta360 because it has this um, follow mode where the app can actually track you or track your face and then tell the gimbal does too. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that.
1: I, that's what I was using. It has active track, so you can highlight people or oh, that's items. Cool. In it, I didn't know and that. And then oh, you can control the okay. speed of the follow. So, when I've been doing it, it hasn't come out yet, but the first video where I've really been testing the gimbal out mm. comes out on Sunday for me. And yeah. I, was some, I was doing some shots, and it was, you know, it was, ah, it's nice. Oh, that's I like cool. it. Yeah.
0: How much is it?
1: Uh, US. I think it's that like one. It's like 200, right? Uh, 160 US.
0: Oh, OK. OK. For
1: that one. On Amazon, because Amazon. And can you use can
0: you use it with a case? Yeah, I have, you...
1: so I have my little yeah. leather case on mine. And okay. And the, uh, oh, it's not over here anymore. But yeah, the little, the clip goes on here, and then it's a magnetic, well, I can grab oh, it real quick. It
0: you. works with, with MagSafe, right? Uh,
1: yeah, it has the magnetic clip on it. But oh, yeah, so you, okay. it magne- it magnets on there, and then,
0: yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I that's don't... that's that's an issue actually because I'm on a Samsung phone, so I'm not sure if they have like a universal version for that.
1: Well, they it comes with a a phone mount. I just oh, okay. Don't I don't oh there it is. It's on it's on my mixed planters nuts. Yeah. So it comes with this, and then oh, that. Okay. So because I had that the, works I had the same with the thought. case. Yeah. See. And then it just.
0: Okay, and it grabs properly on the case that you have on the phone.
1: Yeah, so I have the iPhone 14 regular and it.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. That So that, because that was actually something I was worried about that I don't want to go through like removing my phone <laughs> case all of the time just yeah. to use the gimbal because that would kind of like, yeah, make this more cumbersome and therefore i would be too lazy to use the gimbal so but if that works that is good to know
1: okay it's honestly it's been i'm still playing with it i I think i got it like two weeks ago but i didn't really even break it out of the of the box until Mm. i think like on sunday of this week actually so i'm still getting used to it but it is because i don't have a gimbal that works for my black magic anymore because my old gimbal was for my sony camera yeah
0: you have to buy a bigger
1: one and i don't want to buy a bigger one i'm still trying to yeah, buy lenses same. and stuff for my camera I so to.
0: i don't want to do that either
1: <laughs> me either so yeah this has been a great alternative and it's i mean it's cheap under 200 bucks for something that turns this into more of a yeah cinematic style yeah. camera is yeah. worth it it's great so cool okay so, so my
0: oh yeah yeah go ahead <laughs> your last question what's your last question
1: So this is kind of in the realm, and this is why I said it last, of what you asked me in terms of gear that I like, but I actually Mm -hmm. wanted to do the opposite. And I was curious, because you are really good in your reviews, and it's something that I don't do as much in mine, but you're really good at making sure you highlight the negative, no matter Mm -hmm. what. And I really like that. So I was curious, because I just had this happen for me, is there a product or products that have just been so bad that like more negative than positive that you either don't want to make a video about it or i guess my question really is have you ever had products that were so bad that you debated on even making a video because there wasn't enough positive to really say about it and if so how did you handle that with the customer or the brand because i again i just had this exact scenario play out and it was the first time and it was very uncomfortable
0: um I actually have one product at the moment that I don't review because it was defective. Mm.
1: Um,
0: and I, I think it obviously it can happen to send out a defective product, but they actually sent me two, one for the iPhone It's actually a charger, uh, oh. charging pad that you can use for traveling. Um, so they sent me an iPhone version for my wife and Android version for, for me, the one for the Android, uh, version was defective. And the one from the iPhone version somehow is kind of, it's not defective, but there's something odd about it that doesn't really work properly. Hmm. So I decided not to review it because I feel like if it's one defective product, that's one thing that should not happen with a regular customer, if it's too i don't know i I want to give them a benefit of a doubt that's why I'm not reviewing it and truth to be told, and i i'm I'm kind of ashamed to admit it, but I kind of ghosted them oh. um <laughs> they they didn't they, i mean on the other hand, they didn't contact me at all anymore so so I kind of left with it. If they contact me again, then I will answer but since they didn't contact me and I, yeah that's <laughs> I'm, I'm just leave it in there. <laughs> I'm going to do a review about it um because yeah i, I had one product where i kind of i didn't dump on it because i I, f- I feel like i still gave it a good shot but i just didn't like it because it was over complicated it was i forgot the brand and i believe they actually don't exist anymore they have oh. this very highly complicated no it's not complicated it was a big bag with so-called whisper pots inside they had these cubes this packing cubes that had this silent velcro on it and i've seen that with other bags as well and in my humble opinion silent velcro does not work mm-hmm. it, it is silent obviously but it it's not sticky it yeah it loses its connection it over time it doesn't connect at all so i was kind of like okay this is a good concept in theory but it just doesn't work these whisper parts always fall down and the back overall is very complicated if you can look past this this is okay it's still overall well made it's not my cup of tea in terms of design and yeah they they didn't i don't know if they ever I believe they saw it, but they did never contact me about mm. it. I have a different brand that contacted me about it and said, um, that they felt I was unfair towards the product, but I, I was confused about that. And I was kind of angry about that because on one hand I told the person how I review and I still gave the product, the bag, a very good verdict. And I made a mistake, or well, another mistake, and that's why I was angry about it. He was a young guy, startup, and it was he's. I don't want to say the brand, um, <laughs> because yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not that big of a deal uh, anymore because I can we are are good, um, but yeah, it it I felt kind of that it was misplaced. Because I wasn't like shitting on the bag overall. I was like, okay, this is an issue. In my humble opinion, everything else is good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that's basically it.
1: I um I ended up making the video on the bag that I got. That it's funny you mentioned the defects because that's that was the main thing with the bag. And I'll t- I'll tell you what it was afterwards because I already I already told it to you and the rest of the pack. But um. It had three defects on the bag. And I was like, okay, this, as far as I can tell, and I even made it a point in my video, I made it very clear at the front after my little intro, and then my intro played. I made it very clear, hey, my bag came with defects. I couldn't find any reviews of other people having defects. But it is a little weird that my bag had three. And then I went through the review, and at the end of the day, I made the video because I felt like it was worth at least saying like, hey, this bag really isn't that great. If you like the look of it, then you'll like the bag. But if you don't care about the look of the bag, the rest of this bag is pretty bad. And I said that in a very diplomatic way. And the company reached out to me on Instagram. They were like, well, how come you didn't tell us that your bag came with defects? And I was like, well, you know, I mean, to be honest, you sent it to me and I told you I was going to approach it like a regular consumer and I just wanted to highlight the defects and I didn't want to bother you guys to send me a new one because to me it wasn't that big of a deal you know what I mean like yeah it came with defects but it wasn't going to change the outcome of the review so why why make them spend more money to send me a new one and he was like well you weren't very nice about our bag and I was like well yeah I mean I told you I'd be honest and so they didn't they ended up they got pretty upset with me on Instagram and
0: that's actually uh-huh. the reason this guy that i told you about um he actually is the reason why i have this terms of on and condition now with brands i really mm-hmm. clearly tell them hey before we before we actually uh sense oh hold on just give me just a second i have a <laughs> uh, hold on hold on a second sorry i i <laughs> Have to, uh, <laughs> I have to break up this call because um, I need to uh, help my wife real quick. I'm um, sorry for this Im- Im- really abrupt <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> breaking up the call. Um, yeah, thank you so. Sorry for yeah. breaking up the call. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go downstairs to my wife um, because we have an emergency. Thank you so no, yeah. much for the call and for the great talk. Yeah, thanks and- for having me. And uh, great questions and great answers. And um, yeah, let's, we stay in contact. And everyone, yeah. if you want to uh, check out Odie, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, uh, Instagram is Odie underscore Matthews. And then YouTube, if you type in Odie Matthews, I'm the only channel that I know of that's named Odie Matthews. So right. I'm like the first result, which is progress.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Alright, subscribe to Odie and thank you so much for joining me and everyone for listening.
1: Thank you, Bob.